0: I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." And I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible-sounding arguments. What's up, everybody? That was from Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And uh, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of The Loft. I am one of your hosts, Jason, and I am joined in the studio today by my faithful co-host, Taylor. How are you doing, Taylor?
1: I'm good, thank you. It's good So to be back. good to see you. Yeah. yeah.
0: We all have missed you Uh, so much.
1: Took a little summer vacation.
0: That's okay. That's good. You got to do that every now and then. Yeah.
1: Escape this heat, this summer heat. And
0: my other co-host also came back from a sweet vacation, which he sent me awesome pictures from. Mr. Justin Knowles is back in the studio. How you doing, man? Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. So good to see you. And uh, we're just back uh, after a little break ourselves. Just happy to be back uh, after the last episode. This is a... A long awaited follow up uh, to our last episode called Atheists Say the Darndest Thing. So, I want to encourage you guys that if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and listen to that. And as always, uh, we don't mention this enough, but hit us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. You know, let us know what you think of the show. Um, rate us on iTunes, that five star rating, you know, well, or one. It's okay. We're big boys in here and girls. We can handle it, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just want every episode to bless you. And, and, and our goal at, at a show like this is to, to really be disciples and to walk and live as disciples. And the way to do that is firstly and foremostly to view all of life through the lens of a biblical worldview, recognizing that Jesus Christ has all authority not only in heaven but here on earth and so when we interact with things in culture or entertainment or movies or art or music or in the church or in society we need to first see them through a biblical lens and that brings us to uh, the topic that we began to cover uh, last episode, uh, which is atheism. This idea that uh, there's no God, there's no governance, the universe is, as Richard Dawkins puts it, uh, uh, blind and pitiless and indifferent. What a happy thought that is, you know. Mm. But uh, but um, Justin, you were talking uh, to me about just uh, kind of the uh, the appreciation that you have for Uh, atheists who one try to live consistently with their professed worldview and two for atheists such as christopher hitchens who we listened to last episode for atheists who will challenge believers into really thinking through not only what they believe but why they believe what they believe i think that's a really healthy thing i think that we can fall into a easy believism or a kind of a christian bubble or ghetto mm-hmm. where we're never really challenged or we're, ne- we're, in, we're never really pushed or 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 nudged to give more of an answer than well just have faith bro or just just cause you know and that's that's it and we may all say yes and amen to one another but when we go out into the world and when we engage with people who don't share our own worldview that all of a sudden doesn't cut it and so how do we uh, manage to still stay involved in that kind of conversation without being relegated to just, oh, you're just some fundamentalist Christian religious job or whatever. And so, you know, uh, just in recapping some of that, uh, Justin, uh, talk a little bit about your thoughts as to why you feel uh, like you've told me before uh you'll try and actually bring that up with your fellow believers with friends of yours whether it be in a small group setting or what. You, you know you want to bring that to them as well sometimes so talk a little bit about that bro
2: yeah yeah great topic um great question as well um i think i think it just comes down to you know i'm curious yeah. uh, i wasn't born into a christian family and um you know i wanted to really know Why people believed what they believed, regardless what it was, and um, being curious didn't stop when I uh, accepted Jesus into my life; it actually intensified. And I think um, asking those hard questions and looking deeply into uh, what others believe, um, because they uh, they believe it all the way to their death, um, some of them, and and. You know, I challenge those that believe in the Christian faith. Could you take it as far as they they take it? And we talk a lot about that in our Ohana group and and others, and and just really trying to understand um, where they're coming from. And I think that understanding when you're talking with somebody, uh, you know, finding that gap or, or finding that bridge to where you can can uh, be on level ground with them, mm-hmm. and. I just really hate the opposing, you know, you just closing your doors when somebody has a different belief. Yeah. Why not ask more? Why not ask them why they believe what they do in it, in a way that's, uh, gives a lot of grace and, and, uh, and understanding, uh, because, uh, you know, I've, I've been around the world a number of times and been in cultures and in places and, I tell you what, there's some really uh, amazing uh, Buddhists out there. There's really amazing Islamic right. uh, followers, and 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 I just, it's really neat to see that for them to follow their faith in such a way, and it challenges me to follow my faith and really profess what I believe when I see that. I'm like, wow, they're doing all of that. I, I don't even do a quarter of what they do. That's amazing, and and that's how I challenge uh, some of my friends when I. Uh, bring up Christopher Hitchens or Dawkins, and I say, oh, "Well, have you read that? Right? What? Well, why would you read that? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> are are you becoming an atheist now? <laughs> well, yeah. no. What? Don't you want to understand and 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 uh, understand where they're coming from so you could have an intellectual conversation with them? So yeah,
0: yeah. That's, that's I wonder of... how much of that is influenced just by your own your nature as a as as." Um, Someone who is uh, in the seals, just this idea of understanding the opposition, understanding opposing views and stuff like that, and sure. recognizing that that that's part of the engagement process. That needs, in fact, that that should be the the thing that we should lead with, because otherwise we don't know what we're we're getting into, you know. And and so that's where I think that passage in Colossians is so valuable because Paul is talking to his church, which he loves, and he says that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, all of them. And so true knowledge, true understanding comes from a relationship with Christ, comes from that foundation of standing on God's word and God's authority. And it's from that place, it's from that jumping off point that you then go and engage other views. And I think, uh, we, we step off of that foundation too often when we get into conversations or debates or discussions, we step off of that foundation. We concede things and we assume, you know, kind of an intellectual neutrality. Like I don't have a view. I'm not committed to anything. Um, uh, I could be very wrong about what all kinds of stuff, which is true. But if we, if we claim to stand on the truth, and then we sacrifice that when we s- start accepting all these other things. And this, is, this will come into play in a moment when we uh, review the, the clip that we watched um, or listened to <laughs> the last episode. But um, it's so important to remember your starting point. And this is a good idea for all kind of apologetic or evangelistic endeavors is remember where you begin from. And uh, again, like I said, that'll make a little more sense to you. But uh, Taylor, you uh, were not here for the last episode, Mm -hmm. but you're catching yourself up a little bit. Um, And so what was your kind of thoughts as you were kind of making your way through um, listening to Hitchens Mm -hmm. and and whatnot? What what
1: would you have to say? Um, Well, kind of unlike Justin, I actually grew up in a Christian home, went to a Christian high school and Christian college, and then, um, you know, here at my internship, and It's really interesting, like, because I would probably have a totally different response when someone would ask me, well, why do you believe what you believe? I said, well, shoot. Like, (laughs) I mean, my parents told me to, you know what I mean? So I think I had that background of the typical, in parentheses, you know, air quotes, Mm -hmm. Christian kid who now I had to, I had to go through that phase or that point of making my faith my own. Right. And, um. And so, as I was thinking about that, like, well, as someone who grew up in the church, like, really, honestly, how would I answer that question? Yeah. And I would say that I just, I think that any question or every question that I've had about my life as an individual, I feel like the Bible and Christianity answers for me. And I Mm -hmm. am at peace with that. You know, questions about, well, why are we here? Why are we created? Everybody tells you you're special. Well, why am I special? Um, What is my purpose, you know, on this earth and stuff? And so... I just have such a huge piece uh, yeah. that, you know, that, that, the Bible answers those questions for me. Right. And um, I know as I was listening to the episode and, you know, hearing some of his arguments and stuff, and um, I think what was hardest for me, and when, especially his argument when he was talking was saying, well, you know, as a Christian, you are expected to be perfect or to try to be good for X amount of days, and he gave some big number and stuff, you know? And my thought in my head was, well, you know what? At least I'm trying. And at least in Christianity, hopefully, and in other religions too, you have such a conviction and, you know, this desire to really walk with the Lord and live, you know, like you have the Holy Spirit in you. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't think there was anything, there's anything wrong with that. And so I don't think that as a human, you know, we're all prone to sin. Everybody is. Nobody's perfect of any religion or an atheist. And so, um... I kind of wish he had talked a little bit more about that because as I was listening, I was getting the impression of, well, what? So are we not supposed to be good? Are we not supposed to be nice to other people? You know, gave the example, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see the second half of it, though. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think
0: it's really important. Let me just uh, uh, give you a little friendly pushback, then Taylor, and see what you would say about this. That okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so you said that that um, you find that the Bible answers those things for you that it that it r- responds that way for my for your life that it that it gives you that peace. Mm-hmm. So most people would say they would. Uh, claim at least my interactions uh would most people would respond generally positively to something like that mm-hmm. like that's great mm-hmm. or they that's would great say well you. not for me right exactly I don't understand it. Yeah. that's great for you yeah, but for know. me this is what works for me yeah and so how then would you like you were saying Justin, and you can jump in on this like how would you then bri- bridge that gap how would you then work on uh connecting with that individual um on on those mm-hmm. levels, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, without and, getting into something specific, but well, uh, I've
1: had someone respond that to me. You know yeah. what I mean? And I just asked them back. I said, Well, honestly, if you're that curious about Christianity, number one, or if you're going to have this, com- you know, conversation with me or fight me on this or right. you know what I mean, judge me for this, what have you done? to try to honestly, genuinely understand Christianity. Have you read the Bible? Have you gone to church? Have you met with people? Like how far have you gone? Because I feel like the people that I've been challenged most by have not tried at all in any area sort of a thing. And They
0: just want to argue. Yeah, and it's like,
1: well, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, fight with a buddhist about their religion when honestly i have no idea what it is
0: maybe we should do a show i have on no idea
1: you know what i mean i i mean yes i know what i believe in stuff and i know that i probably won't agree with it but i wouldn't consider you know what i mean like yeah. go into details yeah. about attacking right. their religion and stuff well so. and it's not about
0: attacking but it's yeah. just asking enga- engaging questions word. you know mm-hmm. questions that'll uh, hopefully spur that other person to think to think critically, mm-hmm. you know, what, what about you, Justin, when, if someone were to say to you, kind of, uh, assume that kind of neutral response, that that's great for you. That's really kind of that relativistic, Hey, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me and, and whatnot, you know, how, how do you think you would, uh, kind of deal with that? Uh, I would agree know? with it. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. You know, it. we leave this world,
2: uh, on our own. We don't go together across, right? And get judged. We get judged on our own. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, I try to spread my views to others to, you know, because I'm going to have to answer myself, right? But uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I just try to find that common ground. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the tell me more. Yeah. What yeah. do you What do you mean by that? When somebody anybody's attacking, and you know this, it. it, it I love the. Well, what do you mean by that you know that's uh, a great and kind of disarming question yeah, it's, it's able, it able them off guard. yeah it gives me sort really time to kind of think and and I just come at it with just honest curiosity yeah and um, uh, I never tried, I never really try to attack uh, yeah really just the common ground I'm mm-hmm. always seeking that the common ground you know the top 10 questions I just ask a question until there's Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, there we are. We're yeah. you know, however long that takes, it usually doesn't take all of it. But yeah, I like. Uh, I, I would agree yeah, um, with that. And you know, always going back to, you know, we yeah. we leave this earth on our own and and get judged, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it can be scary. Uh, that's a scary thing for some. And starting at the basic building blocks of where you know where did you find religion, mm-hmm. and and tell me about that. Tell yeah. me about the time that well I grew up in it. Well you know and going through that. And I've had mm-hmm. many of those conversations. And when they see that honest curiosity and and the non-pushing, you know, I don't I don't right. ever push. And I don't ever impose my views. Well, we think this. That's mm-hmm. when it starts to get, right. you know, kind of mm-hmm. rough. It's oh yeah, tell me more about that. And yeah. How how does that work really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, and I got to be really careful because I'll see uh, when they're kind of unpacking whatever their belief is. Like oh gosh, you know, you see some duplicity there, or, right. or Oh man, you know, you got a thousand different gods. Well, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't really work. But they may not see that. I've got to be really careful not to start to point all those things out and just uh, to be honestly curious. Yeah, yeah. Try to hold the conversation.
0: Right, uh, right. And so. and again, that, that that question of what do you mean by that, that basically reverses a burden of proof so that the other person needs to clarify their position more. So that's what that is. That's an inv- invitation to tell me more about that, you know? Uh, and then you could also follow up with another question which is how'd you come to that yeah, conclusion? That's a good one. How'd you come to that? Because then you'd kind of be looking at, well, where's the source coming from? Where's, I want to get to the bottom. Right. That's where yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, the bottom, the base uh, standard, the, the, the foundation. And, and that really segues really well, I think, into Christopher Hitchens um, pretty famous or infamous uh, charge against Christianity um because it it all comes down to foundations and that's the key to answering a charge like this and so um we'll play it i'll play it through and then we'll unpack it and we'll see what we think about it so let's get to it
3: who wants to be on the left who wants to be on the right philly question of course i'm Uh, I'm ecclesiastes says the wise man's heart inclines to the right I forget whether it beats to the left or the right. I can't is remember. Ecclesiastes here, the, the right facing you.
4: <laughs> right Over this way, um, Let's say that the consensus is that our species, we being the higher primates, um, Homo sapiens, been, has been on the planet for at least a hundred thousand years. Maybe, maybe more. Uh, Francis Collins says maybe hundred thousand. Richard Dawkins thinks maybe a quarter of a million. I'll take a hundred thousand in order to be Christian, you have to believe that for 98,000 years, our species suffered and died, most of its children dying in childbirth, most other people having a life expectancy of about 25 dying of their teeth, famine, struggle, bitterness, war, suffering, misery, all of that for 98,000 years, heaven watches it with complete indifference. And then 2,000 years ago, thinks, that's enough of that, it's time to intervene. The best way to do this would be by condemning someone to a human sacrifice somewhere in the less literate parts of the Middle East. Not, don't, let's appear to the Chinese, for example, where people can read and study evidence and have a civilization. Let's go to the desert and have another revelation there. This is nonsense. You, it, it can't be believed by a thinking person. Why am I glad this is the case, to get to the, of the point of um, the, the wrongness in the other sense of Christianity? Because I think the teachings of Christianity are immoral. Uh, the central one is the most immoral of all that is the one of vicarious redemption you can throw your sins onto somebody else vulgarly known as scapegoating in in fact or originating as scapegoating in the the same area, in the same desert Um, I can pay your debt if I love you Um, I can serve your term in prison if I love you very much, I can volunteer to do that, I can't take your sins away Because I can't abolish your responsibility And I shouldn't offer to do so Your responsibility has to stay with you There's no vicarious redemption There very probably in fact is no redemption at all Um, It's just a part of uh, of wish thinking And I don't think wish thinking is good for people either Um, It it even manages to pollute the central question The word I just employed The most important word of all, the word love By making love compulsory By saying you must love You must love your neighbour as yourself Something you can't actually do but you'll always fall short, so you can always be found guilty. Uh, By saying you must love someone who you also must fear, that's to say a supreme being, an eternal father, someone of whom you must be afraid, but you must love him too. If you fail in this duty, you're again a wretched sinner. This is not mentally or morally or intellectually healthy. And that brings me to the final objection, I'll I'll condense it, um, Dr. Olasky, which is this is a totalitarian system. Um, If there was a God who could do these things and demand these things of us, and who was eternal and unchanging, we would be living under a dictatorship from which there was no appeal and one that could never change and one that knows our thoughts and can convict us of thought crime and condemn us to eternal punishment for actions that we are condemned in advance to be taking. Um, All this in the round, and I could say more, um, it's an excellent thing that there's absolutely no reason to believe any of it to be true. Um,
3: you notice that he's not critiquing the Christian faith by appealing to a standard that overarches all human beings and that is, um, that is obligatory for all of us. When he says things like substitutionary atonement is immoral, well, by what standard? Who says? What do you mean immoral? What, uh, what worldview considers it to be immoral? And why is that worldview in charge of the Christian worldview? Um, all ultimate truth claims are to use uh, postmodern jargon totalizing you can't talk about everything without talking about everything and what christopher has to do in order to critique the christian faith is he has to borrow ethical standards from the christian faith and run a reductio where he says uh, you according to the standards that you adopt as christians here let me climb into that I, let me climb into the christian car and see if i can drive it into a tree that that's what he's doing um, But he doesn't have any car to drive of his own right what why Substitutionary atonement is immoral how come who says
0: so I will uh, Just jump in here because it it continues on and on but uh, I I know what Douglas Wilson is going to say because it's what I would say too So we'll just pick it up from there Um, but first of all What do you guys think that's Again, kind of a mouthful. We heard a lot from Hitchens once again, uh, but when Douglas Wilson comes back, what he talks about is foundations. See, every time Christopher Hitchens, and we'll just talk about him right now, but this really goes for all atheists or people who reject the biblical worldview, every time they raise a moral indignation, a moral objection to the Christian faith or what the Christian God does to me the question needs to be asked if where's that standard coming from see because it's not about and it's not about see another thing that convergence does incorrectly here and douglas wilson's gonna call him on it later um is it's not to say we only have morals because of what the bible says that's that's wrong that's a straw man that's what he was setting up there if we didn't have the Bible, we wouldn't be moral. It's not about that. What it's about is the justification of morality. It's not about that you can be moral, is how do you justify it? Because according to an atheistic worldview, there's no God, there's no governance, there's no transcendent standard. You're just bacteria. You're just apes and fish. And so, you. Lawrence Krauss even says that we're just stardust at the end of the day. We're we're carbon atoms with uh, no authority coming or anything like that. And so the question is always put back of, well, this is immoral in the Bible. This is wrong. This is wrong. Well, first of all, who says that? According to what worldview? That's what Douglas Wilson was saying, is that every time Christopher Hitchens opens his mouth to lobby a or lob a objection to Christianity he does so by borrowing standards that only belong to the Christian faith mm-hmm. and he does that and he lives that way he thinks the way he does because he's made in the image and likeness of god because god created him with a conscience with a moral standard in his own heart That as much as he pushes it down, which is Romans chapter 1, see, we suppress the truth. We know God. Christopher Hitchens knows God. He's a professed atheist, and he rejects the God that he knows exists because he'd rather be his own God. He'd rather uh, ascribe to his own morality and his own moral, moral standards and whatnot. And he, according to the scriptures, is a fool because he doesn't understand that though he can articulate criticisms to God and to the Bible and to Christians, he only is able to do that because he's borrowing from those standards. It's like a child um, slapping his dad in the face. He can only do that if the dad lifts him up and sits him on his lap in the first place. So Christopher Hitchens borrows standards from the Christian worldview in order to attack the Christian worldview and that's something that I think in our apologetic methodology we need to be aware of when we engage with people and they're professing a particular worldview like atheism and yet they're borrowing, their feet are moving over to the Christian worldview and they're saying, but I want a moral standard, I want a logic standard, I want a standard that says this shouldn't be okay this shouldn't be okay this ought not to be so so that's kind of what douglas wilson was coming from what are you guys' thoughts on that because let's let's try and unpack that a little bit in the the little time that we have left here anybody why don't you dive or is into it a mouthful is it a <laughs> you sure you don't is, it, you it? is it too good much is one? it
1: honestly i'm like i'm i'm processing it and i wish i had had a piece of paper because as he's talking i'm thinking okay i mean yeah. i get that i get and now i'm just like okay if I have it all in my head and stuff. Before you paused it, was he about to go on and say, like, I went to church all the time growing up and something? something,
0: Yeah, I don't know what he was going to say now, but uh, it's just detached from the next answer, which is, again, his last um, charge was, oh, it's a fantastical thing. It's absurd of a thing. To say that people couldn't wouldn't be moral mm-hmm. if they didn't have the Bible. If the mm-hmm. I think the example he used is a funny one. That the idea of like, you know, you tell me the Hebrews got all the way to Mount Sinai and then they were like, oh, we shouldn't murder now. You know, it's like, of course not, of course. And I would totally affirm that it's not because now all of a sudden the Bible says it's because we are created in the image and likeness of God, and so we have within ourselves inherently. The knowledge that says murder's not okay. We have that, but we suppress that because we're fallen in sin. And so we can sear our conscience. We can push those things down to the point where we're a sociopath Mm -hmm. or something like that, where we don't know, you know, right from wrong anymore. But to say, to make the claim that uh, Mm -hmm. atheists uh, can't be moral is a, a straw man. And that's not meaning it's a fallacious argument. It's, it's like a weaker version of what Douglas Wilson is actually saying so that you can attack that instead of to attack the real argument, which is it's not that they can't be moral. It's that you can't justify morality. How do you ground that morality? Because it, the way an atheist will do that will be, well, to me, it's not moral. Well, why do I have to listen to you? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, to my society. It's not moral. Well, then a bigger society that says it is moral, what if they take over your society? Mm -hmm. Then it's moral. Well, it's a cultural thing. Same issue. See, those are all subjective foundations. The only objective foundation is God, is -hmm. the biblical worldview where it says rape is wrong and it's always wrong, and it doesn't matter where you grew up or what time you live in. It's an objective standard which we can stand on. But when an atheist says that, they're standing on sand, which the Bible calls a fool, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The wise man is standing on the rock and the foolish man standing on the sand. So Christopher Hitchens, for all his uh, quick-wittedness, which he is, and for how articulate he is, which he is. And I would have loved to just hang with him and have coffee with him. I really would have. Um, according to the Bible, he's a fool. And that's everybody. And that's not a diss on him. That's not a well, I want to attack him. That's to say people who reject God are reduced to an absurd worldview that can't be grounded in anything objective. So that's my take. What Justin, what do you think there?
2: Yeah, so I go back to uh, where I think a lot of people get snared up and entrapped by his uh, by his argument. Good, and let's I, deal with it. Yeah, it goes you know, it goes back to a um, hundred thousand years you know i think that's where i was talking at length with a number of my friends and they go well yeah he he does seem absent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what about that suffering when yeah when people thought lightning was from god they didn't understand right. that right earthquakes are from god and yeah and or whatever they believed mm-hmm. right um yeah. and and they start to kind of just try to process that. Well, yeah. And then all of a sudden, there is this resurrection, which is an uncommon back then. There was a lot of so-called resurrections and and other things. And uh, and they start to they start to think about it and question yeah, it and yeah. and and say, well, well, yeah. Where was God when we were, you know, back then when we didn't understand what we understand now?
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. So I think I think a couple things are going on there. One. Um, that's a complete speculation on Hitchens' part, right? When you say things like dying of their teeth or lightning or whatever, these are just speculations on his part. Now, not to say that those things couldn't have happened at one point, but he's, he's bringing things together to make an argument. That's, that's what he's trying to do. Secondly, again, by his standards as an atheist, what's wrong with that? What's the problem? Why are you lobbying a complaint? Meaning in love, I would ask him, what's wrong with dying of your teeth what's wrong with the wars and stuff like that why is that a wrong thing because according to your worldview those are just like uh, biological bags of protoplasm Mm -hmm. that don't have any transcendent value or worth or dignity see a christian so among believers and this is where i think you know Uh, those questions of suffering and stuff like that, those are in-house discussions. These are questions that believers can talk to one another about because we have the same standard, because we both agree that the standard is God's word. And so we know God is good and God is sovereign. And so knowing those things, let's talk about suffering in the world. Let's talk about that. You know what I mean? But when I'm talking with an atheist, they don't have the same standard. And, and, and what they want you to do is they want you to step off of God's word as the standard and step onto their standard, which is, says, concede with this with me and help me to understand. And then you satisfy me. And God says, no, it doesn't work like that because we're the creation. He's the creator. And so when an atheist comes and tells me, well, tell me why God would allow this and allow that and allow this and allow that. This is what C.S. Lewis would call putting God in the dock, meaning we want to put God on trial, and we want to judge him, and we want to say, God, you need to come up to our standard in order for me to to sign off on your papers to make sure that you're okay, when really the reality is the opposite. (laughs) We are not the judge. God is, like you pointed out earlier, Justin. And so... Uh, yeah, when when Christopher Hitchens will raise an uh, an objection like that, again, I don't want I don't want to move past and concede like, okay, let's just adopt your standard and say, yeah, why do you got to do that? No, I want to back up and say, well, hold on, before we get there, you're raising these objections like these things are bad things morally. Why are they bad according to your worldview? I know why they are according to my worldview, but you don't share that view. And so I want to know more about your worldview. Your worldview says that we're, again, our ancestors were fish. That we went from fish to philosophers. That we live in a universe with no transcendent value. See, what I believe and is that God has created all of us with inherent value, dignity, and worth. All of us have value. So we have two very different worldviews. And I want to, I want to understand your worldview better. And so help me to understand, one, why you have these objections. And I could actually help you understand why you have these objections, because that's tapping in to the image of God within you. That's why you object to those things, because they seem wrong to you. You know, when Christopher Hitchens sees injustice in the world, you know, he's going to rail against that. But the reason why he does that is because he's imaging God. That's why he does that and again this is a little uh, higher of a concept as far as apologetics, but I tell you when you understand that and when you can adopt that, it really uh, allows us to be emboldened and more confident in addressing people with different worldviews than us you know and that that needs to be uh, front and center as far as like how we, are faithful to Christ. Because that's what it all comes down to. Getting your apologetic down is never about, and we all agreed on it on this show, it's never about winning a point. It's never about being a better arguer. It's never about, I want to get you with this. It's really about how can I honor Christ more? How can I set him apart? See, first Peter 315 says that's the that's the cornerstone verse for all apologetics. And uh, most people will quote it like this. They'll say, always be ready to give an answer, right? A defense, an apologia, right? To those who would ask you for the the reason, for the hope that lies within you. But doing so with gentleness and respect. But you see, 1 Peter 3.15 starts like this. It says, but set Christ apart as Lord in your heart. Sanctify him as Lord in your heart, always being ready to give an answer. So, the reason why we're able to give an apologia, an apologetic, is because we first set Christ apart as Lord. We've sanctified him in, his, in our hearts. We've set him as our foundation to all apologetic methodology and endeavors. And so, when we do evangelism, when we share about our faith, when we address questions that are difficult, we, have, we first set Christ apart as Lord in our hearts. And we all do this in church, and we all do this among believers, but we seem to stop doing it when we get out into the world, and we want to concede ground and moral uh, standards that uh, belong to Christ. And we want to give those away, and we want to allow the atheists to claim those things and then lob an objection at the Christian faith, and then we want to play defense all the time. And I'm saying, we don't have to do that. That's not biblical because they're, like Douglas Wilson said, they don't have a car, so they're jumping in the Christian one and then driving it into a tree. I love that word picture because that's exactly what they're, what Chris Hitchens is doing when he says, it's not right that God does this. It's immoral. Well, who says? By what standard is it immoral? By yours? You know, and if it is, why do I have to listen to that? Why does that apply to me? You know, when God speaks... God sets a standard that's objective. God sets a standard that's transcendent. God sets a standard that isn't um, contingent on time or society or culture or whatnot. And, And this really, if you think about it, is why the gospel works in the world to begin with. Because if the gospel wasn't divine in origin, then everywhere it went, it would have to change according to the standards of that culture according to the standards of that time. It'd have to bend the knee to whatever's going on there. But it doesn't because it's from God. And so the other thing is... Do you you kind of follow what I'm saying? It's a little heavy or lofty right now. But that's what we're about on this show. (laughs) Taylor, you're looking at me with like a glazed look right now. I'm so
1: sorry. (laughs) I've been up since five. So I'm trying to keep up.
0: Anyway, uh, any thoughts there, Justin? We're kind of like coming, I think... To a close of our show, but any, any any thoughts? I think you're doing an outstanding job. Yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I appreciate <laughs> that. Listen to the sermon,
2: and yeah. uh, that's good. <laughs> i got nothing to add. I mean, You're you're, yeah. you're rocking and rolling there,
0: so I appreciate we, don't, we that. don't want
2: to jump into that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, well, I appreciate that. Well, you know, it's, it's definitely something that uh, I have a real passion for because I want to encourage the body of Christ, that we don't have to be scholars and PhDs. I mean, we should always commit ourselves to studying. We should always commit ourselves to pressing onward and learning more. But we should never walk in fear and insecurity when it comes to learning more, asking questions, you know And so that if, if you take away, away something from this show, you know, uh, I want you guys to leave encouraged. I want you guys to leave built up to say it's okay that um you know uh people don't agree with me and uh we're not gonna i'm not gonna set some kind of goal around myself to say oh by the end of this discussion they better like profess christ otherwise i've failed it's not about that it's about am i being faithful to christ as i engage with them am i doing so lovingly am i doing so with truth am i doing so with grace am i doing so uh, in a way that honors christ and so with that Uh, Just hope this episode blesses you. We should definitely take this topic up again. I think it's something that uh, we can talk about all the time uh, to find more examples. And I know, Justin, we've talked about... Uh, doing more shows where we find other clips of other challenges and kind of address those challenges. So I think that would be kind of cool uh, to do in the future. But uh, yeah, just uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us and for sticking with us over that short break. We'll try and get the content flowing again. Um, But until next time, we will see you back here again in The Loft.